Welcome to the mic, Chloe Kemp from Kemp. It's time to be frank, it's time to vent. From mental health to parental death, where the humour is dark as she's bereft. There'll be tears and there'll be laughter, and of course there'll be talk about those pyjamas. Pull up a seat, you're in the front row now. Turn down the lights, it's time to get the clothes down. Let's get the clothes down. Hello everyone and welcome back to Get the Clo Down with me, Chloe Kent, and of course today, Ryan Kent, because we are doing the part two from the domestic abuse story that I posted about nearly two weeks ago now. How yeah, are you, babe? Maybe a bit longer. I think so. I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, so just, just a quick... Um, recap for anyone that missed it so I basically put out my domestic abuse story from a relationship that I was in several years ago and the idea really behind it was just to share my experience but also maybe be some sort of comfort or a relatable person to people that are going through something similar or who are who are away from that now but are still recovering and actually guys I've loved your messages so all the people that messaged um whether it was for themselves or for a loved one thank you um, Riri, I had one message that said to me, thank you for this. Um, I could really relate because I'm been out of a domestic abusive relationship now for nine years, but I still get triggered by people, by raised voices, basically. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, I know that sounds so silly. So ignore me. And she said something else. And I just thought, no, like it doesn't matter whether it's been 20, 30 years, does it? When no, you've left a relationship, no, it's, it, it happened and it was very real and, and it was a, you know, a very difficult experience for you. So I don't, I don't think there's any time cap on when you can be triggered. You know, I think it's absolutely normal for it to go on for however long it has to go on for, Yeah, you know, hopefully it's something that eventually does literally go right to the back of your head, you know, and you don't even think about, and you're just certainly not triggered by anymore. But I also think it's probably normal if there are certain things that, that do because you know it, it depends on the severity as well yeah but listen we were doing this part two today because uh we 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 offered to tell the story about how right well when ryan and i got together because i've always said that people don't leave a toxic relationship like that unscathed and i just want to be honest and, and say what sort of journey that is um, and this is just my experience it can be different for everybody and um, so many people were interested to hear that you know i have messages again from people saying like i've only been out of it a few months i'm really nervous about what the next relationship will bring and i'm really interested to hear your story so i thought like that this is what we do here we go absolutely let's do it ryan if you don't put your hair back to normal i'm just going to leave the room Guys, what you can't see is Ryan has given himself a really weird parting in his hair and it's freaking me out. You just look so weird. Put it back. Thank you. (laughs) Ryan, please, because I won't be able to talk. I can't look at you. I can't look at you. All right. There you go. Bad enough you're receding. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to see that. (laughs) Right. Should you dive in? Go for it. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to let you sort of take the reins a little bit, Riri, because okay. I talk, I talk a lot. I, I would just say that, as as I've just said, I'm just going to re- reiterate on it. I, I do think it is um, 
really unlikely that a person leaves an abusive relationship completely unscathed. There is going to be issues. And mm-hmm. for me, I think a lot rubbed off on me neg- neg- negatively. I'm talking negatively. And I do think for the most part, for a good several months, I think I became like quite a toxic person within myself. Yeah. And I had I had a lot of uh, issues to work through. But I mean, I'll I'll sort of jump in and I, I'll discuss some things. But you you sort of go first, explain what I was like to be with in the first, you know, for, from meeting me to the first sort of few months, several months. <coughs> um, I could tell that there was a really sort of a really loving person there because um, it wasn't all bad. Um, and you, <laughs> what? It wasn't all bad, Jesus. No, it wasn't all bad. Um, was starting off well. No, but there there was things that I would that that would happen, and you'd you'd expect a reaction from me that was never coming, and yeah, it was hard for me to process what you wanted or what what you needed. I I, I couldn't. I think that was where my frustrations come from because I didn't understand. It could be literally like, I don't know, we'd had like a little, and it would sometimes be just a little, like, bicker. And it's not an argument, but just a bicker. But you would sort of react in a way that I was like, what's going on? I don't understand. Mm. And it was almost like you wanted me to jump in and shout at you. You wanted me to jump in and, and get in your face or jump in and hurt you and mm. and for me it just didn't make sense as to why um yeah but like I said there, there was also this <clears throat> that was one side of you there was also this very loving and caring side of you um so to to, to go from that loving and caring side that I, when I first met you to obviously having to deal with issues from before um, it was kind of like I I didn't know how to react, um, and, and and yeah, it was hard. It was hard. It was. I I think. I mean, I I didn't have like getting a boyfriend in my mind at all. I was really quite settled with the idea that it was probably just going to be me and Miley, and maybe we'll start collecting cats. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I think I was like twenty three or something at the time when I was no. single. Just when I met you, was I not? No, 24. Uh, when did I meet you? 2014. So you were turning 26 that year, I think. I'm old. Well, no, yeah. 25. No, so you were 24. 25, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah. and, I, and I had in my head, like, that was it. I was going to be single now, probably until my 30s, which I was completely fine with because I think I just recognised that, like I needed to heal and everything else, but you can't you can't control when somebody walks into your life. Like it was mad. Like you you just you just walked in that day, and it was just very. I hate the saying "love at first sight." It cringes me out, but it was just very natural. You know, like there was no um, there was no effort needed. It was just like oh, I'm so comfortable with him. I just want to be around him all the time, and I fancy him, and I just I, I like his person. Like I was just so drawn to you. You know conversation just flowed and we got on straight away um and yeah it was kind of like a, a whirlwind wasn't it, it mm. you know, it kind of just took over 
and those sort of first early days was, were very exciting. But then it was like something went off in my in my head, and I started to struggle a lot. Like I, the, the trust thing was a big thing. I, I remember feeling like I don't know how to word it. I remember feeling like I. I mean, look, I've been in a relationship where it was all happy for the first however many months and then it got really, really bad. So I think I was, like, really, like, prepared. I was, like, preparing myself for things to be okay and then suddenly be really bad. So it was like I didn't trust that you were going to be there for the long haul or everything was going to still be okay and dandy in a few months' time. Like, in my head, Mm. I could just see things just blowing up in my face, basically, and not working out. Yeah. But... You know, I remember when we'd like, you know, you'd come over in the evenings and we'd have a few drinks and we'd watch like Mickey Flanagan or something silly and we'd spend time together and it was great. But then it was like triggers would go off in my head. And yeah, I think that's when like my the toxic side come out because I remember bickering with you or something so silly, but then just being like, hit me, hit me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You were like, what? And it's so weird because I remember like that feeling and I remember being absolutely adamant that you was going to hit me. But yeah. rather than rather than me wait for it to come like it like it would happen before and take by surprise, I wanted to be in control. So I wanted, yeah. I wanted to tell you to hit me now. So I knew it was going to yeah. happen now. And, and I would... I would be aware of it. Really weird. And and obviously it's not fair on you because that's not your character and you've got some girl shouting in your face, hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thinking, yeah, what's, what's it's, happening? You know, yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. Just That's not me. I know, and you kept saying that, but it, it took a while to believe you. And I think it's a shame... I, I have basically learned for the last few years of my toxic relationship that arguments are now resolved physically. And yeah. I think that's I think that's why I couldn't just bicker with you and walk away or, you know, let things go or, or whatever the issue was. It was like I just had to start the fight in. It was yeah. you know, and, and it was me that would start that. I, I I would be angry. And the more you said no to me, no, I'm not gonna hit you, the more it irritated me because I felt like you were playing me. I almost yeah, felt you like it was, I was holding back to catch you unaware maybe as you walked out the door or something with your back to me you know yeah or, or once you've gone to sleep sort of come in and uh, hit you by surprise but just it was never going to happen yeah the more you said no the more I was getting irritated because it was just like no yeah like this is a trick but I remember being so triggered I was I was in the kitchen and, and you know I was I was tipsy at this point um so I never used to drink a lot and then when I left that relationship which is kind of ironic considering he he drank as, as much as he did. But then it was like, I don't know how to, have you, have you ever copied someone's coping mechanisms and you don't know why? I've done that a few times in my life. Mm. Like I remember going, I remember on our school bus going, you know, going to school obviously every day. And there was this girl that sat on the back of the bus and she used to self-harm a lot. And I, I saw it and I went home and done it about two months later and I, cuz i just thought to myself that that's actually where I, that come from back then when i was younger self harming mm. because i'd seen someone else do it as a coping mechanism <laughs> yeah and i thought i'm going to try that the same sort of thing happened here i left my ex and i thought well he used to drink as a coping mechanism sod it so, you know so i would just drink a little bit more than usual nothing obviously like him because it's not in my <laughs> nature I, I couldn't bottle it bottle it handle it whatever the terms yeah, is handle it yeah yeah, I couldn't handle it anyway, but I drank a bit more than I normally would and that made me a bit tipsy. And then I just remember going to the kitchen to get a drink and I saw you, 
I think Miley stirred or something. Can you literally just poke your head round, check on her? Yeah. Because obviously I only I lived in a, I only lived in a flat and I lost it because in my head it's still really fresh. And if people listen to my last podcast, that my ex was really drunk and he tried to go into my daughter's room to get her up, wake her up at like five in the morning like he would. And so they could sing, he could sing stupid Newcastle songs with her and everything else. And and obviously that night I I had enough and I tried to pull him back by his boxes and that's when he started punching me and that's all in my pod from last time. Yeah. But and I think I think in my head I, I thought that. So it was the it was the biggest trigger. I honestly I think I could have I, I just could have thrown you out a window. That's how angry I felt inside. And you literally did nothing wrong. Yeah, that was that was where I think my frustration come from, was not understanding what I'd done wrong. And even when you were standing there going, you know, you were so irate and stressed and, and everything, I was just like, what's going on? Because obviously you told me the story of, of your past, um, yeah. but I didn't know that... Obviously, I knew it had affected you, but I didn't know that um, these reactions from you were going to come out towards me. Um, and like, like I say, it was in my mind I'd done nothing wrong. Um, but then I'd, I'd ask you, "What have I done?" And could be, because you couldn't give me a clear explanation because you were so angry, it was like, "Okay, so what? What do I do here?" You know. What do I do? I've, I genuinely don't know what to do here. Well, I've I've kind of realised over time that I'm a really um, like a, a reactive, a delayed reactive person. So mm. when everything was happening to me at the time, I coped quite well. You know, like I, I was still getting out of bed and, and just trying to get on with stuff. And you know, like my, I had so much to do, I was just busy. You know, like looking for a flat and moving. And then when everything sort of calmed down, everything was okay. And then I met you and I should be so happy. I actually started having these horrible nightmares of of my ex doing the same things <clears throat> that he did to me when we were together. And I remember saying to my dad, I'm having these really weird dreams. Like, why now? Why not when it was happening six, seven, eight months ago? Like, why is it right now? And dad was like, because I think it's where, you know, you, you're, you're now in a calm situation and you're, you know, kind of getting on every day. I think it's kind of your mind's way of sort of filtering through all the shit you've gone through now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, I started having those nightmares and I started taking it out on you. And I think it was just a whole, I think there was lots of things that were, were contributing to it. I think it was the fact that you were my first relationship after such a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it was the fact, like I said, I am a very delayed you know stress reaction person so it was all kind of seemed to be coming out in the really negative way now you know and I just think yeah I I it's it's a shit situation for you because you know as Drake said you're fixing a heart you didn't break (laughs) do you know what I mean okay (laughs) it's a it's a Drake song babe it's a Drake lyric yeah yeah yeah, I, I wouldn't know that um but I think like we've said for for a long time now, I was the right person for you at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it you know my my last relationship before you was eighteen months. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's very different for me. And 
you know, I wasn't in the situation that you were in, but, um, you know, we, we, we got on well, me and you, but there was also, you know, this underlying issue that I don't think either of us were really aware of. I don't mm. think either of us expected you to, to uh, react the way you did. No, I mean, I, I just, I think perhaps I need some sort of therapy or some sort of outlet. I didn't have that because... I, I remember when we were, you know, even when I was pregnant with Teddy, and this was even further down the line, even though I got pregnant with Teddy very quick, um, I uh, I used to get up when I couldn't sleep at two o'clock in the morning, go on the computer, and I would, like, blog. Like, like I'd write the whole thing down. I'd write about everything that my ex did, tell the entire story. I'd spend, like, two hours at the computer with a cup of tea and just writing and writing. You know I love writing anyway. But it was like it was a way to get it out of my head and onto yeah. something else. And I, and I think that was a lot of the issue. I think when you don't have an outlet like therapy or really good friends that you can trust to tell the entire story to and, and really get it off your chest, you, you just, you're just carrying it with you. And I think that's what yeah. I was doing. I was just carrying it with me. Yeah. But go on. Sorry, what are you going to say? No, 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 go on. I was going to say, topics like that are difficult to talk to people. You know, I I didn't open up to my dad because I didn't want to upset him. Like, to this day, my dad knows very little about that relationship. I mean, he, he only knows about the last, you know, violent encounter because, you know, I, I moved home and stuff. But he doesn't know about yeah. all the other stuff. And I, I found it hard talking to friends. You know, I spent a lot of time with my cousin afterwards. But I couldn't tell anybody because I would just... I. I would just tell snippets and then I would just tell a joke. Yeah. But also, and this is no disrespect to my mum, but my mum had the world's shortest attention span ever in the world. Like, she'd ask you how your day was and then she'd be watching EastEnders repeats from 30 years ago uh, with a cigarette and then you'd you'd, you'd literally say about four words and then she'd just turn her head back to the TV and completely ignore you. So from a really young age, I learned if you don't get everything out that you want to say within 20 seconds, somebody's going to stop listening to you. Yeah. And you, you said that to me a lot. You, you used to tell me yeah. that a lot. And, um, it's, it, it, you would talk so fast and I think it was weird for you for, for someone to just sit and actually listen to you and look as though they're interested because you, 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 tell you'd say a thousand words like you're saying 20 30 seconds and then it'd go you'd stop and it'd be like you might want to say that again because i didn't get a word of that mm. so and like, i hate that I, I i i it's the reason why now i talk so fast a lot and i stutter and i talk loudly i'm trying to be heard and in my head everything's trying to come out so fast that it jumbles up yeah. and that's why i never told anyone about my ex because it was such a big story and i just felt like I had nobody that was really going to sit and listen. I do it now. You know, you know when I like people used to come over, I would won't say names, but friends that I used to work with at Lidl used to come over and yeah. they'd be like, how are you, Chloe? And I'd be like, yeah, fine, how are you? And then they'd just tell me, they'd just talk to me for about an hour about their own shit and I'd listen. But I never shared mine. Yeah. Because I still, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world when you've tried to open up and somebody keeps cutting you off. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, Mum, I love her, but she did that to me so often when I was young that it, it was it would only be a therapist. I think I would at that time I would have been able to share with. I, you know, I, I tried, but I didn't really get anywhere with friends, and it's not their fault. It's more my issue, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
so I had no outlet. It was it was all it was all in my head, really. Yeah, but if you think about the fact that it was three years worth of stories, memories, um, anger, um, and it had built up from you know from from the very first time that it had happened. So let's say, for argument's sake, two and a half years, you know. Um, mm. and you had all that anger build up, that stress. Um, and then you've actually got someone there who you trust enough to tell, but is also that person willing to listen and be interested and actually talk to you when needed and give you responses, you know, and just put an arm around you. And I, I, I don't blame you for a single thing um when things were tough at the beginning mm. um <clears throat> you know you used to say things to me like well go on in you know if you can't hack it leave and it's like that's not what i'm trying to say to you that's you know mm, I, I don't yeah. want to leave i want to help you I, you know i want to understand and you'd be like well you're never going to understand and it and it was tough um but i think being as persistent as i can be and sticking to my guns and saying, no, I'm not going anywhere. You know, if it takes you another six months to tell me, uh, to tell me why you're reacting like this, it takes another six months, but we'll get there. Uh, and I think, I think we did, didn't we? Uh, well, we did. We definitely did. Um, uh, and, you know, things have worked out okay. Well, do you remember when I was in the kids' room and I, I, Marley wasn't there? I don't know why I was in the kids' room. I think I was putting clothes away and I was really upset. I think we'd been arguing or bickering or I don't know. I think Teddy might have been in a bounce in the living room. I'm not 100% sure, but I just suddenly started screaming and, and I was on the floor and I was literally like pulling pulling up my hair like I was yes. to pull it out. Yeah. And I did that a couple of times when I was with my ex, but this was really towards the end when, because obviously, you know, he was quite like verbally abusive as well to the point where it would make you so angry that you didn't know how to respond. So I would just start screaming and put like pulling the hair out my out of my scalp. It was yeah. like a stress response. Yeah. And then I did it, I I did it then in front of you and I was like, oh, I was kind of mortified. I thought he's never he's not gonna want me now. He's never gonna fancy me now. And I did mm. it again like several months later, I think, had a proper screaming fit and pulled my hair out. And I've not done it since. So that would have been no. That would have been two episodes. I did that back in two thousand what fourteen and 15, 15. no fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, 16, late. Well, not even fifteen. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. And when yeah. when I'd realised that it'd been quite a while since I'd had one of those outbursts, I realised only then I'm actually starting to heal now. Mm. And that was a bit. That was a relief. Yeah, it did take a long time. It took a very long time. But and it's going to sound really corny, but. You were you were worth to, to me. You were worth you know sticking around for. You you can know, <laughs> but you were worth sticking around for, and I still I still stand by that now. Corny Owen Glazius. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nessa. <laughs> I'm only joking. I appreciate you. It Thank does you. need that though. It does need some sort of understanding. It's a very difficult thing. And, you know, I, I'm just lucky that I didn't, you know, push you away. And, but it just, it wasn't about you. I think you, you could have been anybody at that time, yeah. in, in in the early days anyway, you know. And, and I think I would have still had a very a difficult response to somebody trying to 
love me and be, and be in a relationship with me it was it was very confusing I think one of the things that I, I always that took me the longest time was that because my ex was excused for so much by his family and friends for what he did because he had an addiction yeah it it took me a long time to really realize actually he really is at fault and fuck the addiction because I don't care if somebody out here is addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be. The second you start getting physical with somebody that's not as strong as you, a woman, and you start abusing them and beating them up, it's got fuck all to do with your addiction and everything to do with you. It's not the vodka making you punch people. There's no. tons of bloody... I mean, look at Russell Brand. He openly talks about all the time his addictions. His addictions made him sleep around and make him ridiculously hyperactive and everything else. But he doesn't sit and say, oh, I'll beat up women all the time. Like, So that's... No. You, I, I don't like people blaming a drug or a drink on their... On, you know, on, on their... Um, decisions and actions. I mean, yeah, they might they might not help the situation, of course, but... It's still if you if you choose to raise a fist at a woman, that is still on you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, just I struggle to understand it anyway because I mean, as you well know, I don't like I don't like argument and confrontation anyway with anyone. Um, but to to I like to to want to hit a woman. I don't know where your head's at as a man to to do that because I just don't get it. I just I couldn't. I haven't got it in me to to do it. I mean, you've got to be. You must be. I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm sure there's others out there that don't either, but. Do you remember as well? And I think this is actually quite, um, I think it's quite a normal, healthy, um, you know, response to it all. But do you remember for the first couple of years, as we did start talking more and more, I would tell you a story about my ex um, and about a situation where he might have been violent or abusive or, you know, just a big situation occurred. I would tell you, but then I might start telling you again like four months later and I yeah. might be like, oh, babe, I know I've already said this, but um, anyway, do you mind if I just tell you again? And you'll be like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, but I, I think when I started opening up, it was like it did sort of help me. It was a bit like therapy. And the more I told you... Yeah, and, and and it felt better. The more it just made me want to sometimes, yeah, repeat myself, tell you again. Because yeah, when I when I did that, it did feel like I was getting it off my chest, even though I was sometimes repeating myself. But it was it was so helpful for for me to be able to repeat myself with you. Yeah, but I think because you'd repeated these stories in your head over and over, or replayed them in your head over and over again. Yeah, I think there was times where you would tell me something you'd say to me i've already told you this but or you'd be you'd start something you go i know you've already heard this and i'd be saying oh, i've said you i haven't heard this but i think because so much happened yeah and because you'd replayed it in your head so many times you probably felt like because we'd spoken so much about it that you had told me but you hadn't and i still do it with you with things from the past where i'll say yeah i've told you that and you're like no i didn't know that and I'm like, oh right yeah no that's happened but to me, because it's such, you know, it's just in there, you think that 
because you've spoken about a situation so much that that the person you're telling knows. But yeah, I mean, you were telling me things that, you know, and and sometimes you'd be telling one story and you'll be like, oh, and this other time, and you know, and it unlocks another memory, something that you may have chosen to forget or just put to the back of your mind that you didn't want to think about. But um, yes, yeah, so sometimes you, you could go on for hours. Um, not that I minded, but it was the case that if you get it out and tell me everything and tell me now what triggers you, maybe it's something that was something I would do that was just normal and natural to me, but it was a trigger for you. So if I, if you explained it all and I can understand it all, then I mm-hmm. could sort of try and think, well, okay, if I sit here tapping or, you know, um, you know, I don't know, whatever, but because it might be a trigger to you, I can sit and think, oh, don't do that, you know, and try and help that way. Do you, see, I actually, I, I really think uh, now something I've learned is that it's actually really healthy to discuss exes or, or situations with your ex, with your new partner. And obviously, I know that's a taboo subject for a lot of people. A lot of people do not like to open that door. You know, it's, it's literally a case, you know, some names are like dead named in the house. Do you know what I mean? People are like, yeah. you can't mention that name. But I actually, you know, when I realised it's actually so healthy is when I had only <laughs> met you, Ryan, like two or three times. And on the third night, you chewed my ear off for about two hours about yeah. a whole a whole holiday, well, about two holidays that you'd have with your ex. And obviously yeah. one of them one of them led up to where you found out that she was she had been cheating on you and she was yeah. even cheating on you while she took on this holiday. And I remember like saying to you, Something along. No, I made a joke. That's very Chloe. Yeah. I made a, I made a joke about you talking about us so much. I think I was like, "Do you even know who I am? I'm Chloe." Do you know, I think I yeah. said something like that. And you yeah. said, "I'm really." You said, "I'm really sorry." Do you know what it is? I haven't spoken to anybody about this since I've broken up with this girl. I've not told a soul, and you're the I first person anyone. I've told. You I were know. The first and- person I told everything, like literally everything to, and I'd only known you, like you said, like three four days at this point so yeah and actually I found that so sweet like the fact that obviously this you know this this was a situation and a horrible experience that happened to you that obviously affected you and here you were just getting it off your chest I thought it was great I thought it was a really healthy thing yeah I mean for me it was it I didn't want to tell my friend or my mates whatever and definitely not my family yeah um, for other reasons but um <clears throat> didn't want to tell my friends i suppose because even though i'd, I'd done nothing wrong um I, I, the the fact that there was that i'd been cheated on was kind of a bit of an embarrassment for me um, <laughs> don't worry sorry about that guys it's, it's it's the dog occasionally he thinks we're like beirut or something he's got to protect us it's probably a squirrel yeah no i Sorry, babe, carry on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't told anyone because the embarrassment of being cheated on. Uh, and to most, yeah. people go, most people go, you didn't do it. So what have you got to be embarrassed about? It was the fact that after all that time, I just, I'd known and forgiven certain things. But yeah. then you realise it's just carried on and on. And it was that embarrassment and that I'd kind of not realised that it was still mm-hmm. happening. So... You you kind of told me a fair amount about 
you know, you didn't tell me, you didn't go into detail, but you told me your story of you'd moved up to, up north, you, you had this crappy relationship, then you come back, uh, and the reasons why you come back, but obviously, like you say, you didn't go into too many details. Um, so it's like, she's trusting me with all this information. And it just, like we said at the beginning of this, is it just felt very natural talking to you and very, yeah. like you could be open and honest and not be judged almost. Um, so it was a case of, <clears throat> yeah, just let it out. And, and like you said, I was talking and talking and I was saying all these things and you're like, you even, got, you, you know, you do realise you've been talking about your ex for like two hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm really yeah. sorry, but I'm, and then when I said to you, I've not told anybody else this information. No one else knows this level of detail of why it ended um, or how it even ended. You know, so it was nice to for mm. me to have that person to trust to get it off my chest. It so, was like the first first few days. We just become like really good friends where we just wanted to offload everything first, didn't we? We really did. Yeah. I, remember I, that I wanted t- you to know things as well, though, because I wanted you to be able to trust me. I didn't want there to be anything that come back to in six months where you go, well, you didn't tell me that. So I'd rather just get it all out there in the open. Yeah, let you know and what you you're getting involved with. Yeah, but let you know what you're getting involved with so you can make a decision, do I want this or not? So early on, you was like, so I broke it with my ex, and then since her, there's just been one person, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just told me everything on a play, and... It you know it, it it helps. It's I think it is so nice to be able to like talk about things like that because when you when you start to fall in love with somebody, you love them for them and everything that they've gone through, everything they've experienced, and you want them to be like honest and open and speak freely. Like I don't think it's a healthy thing when somebody you know say like a man starts mentioning his ex and the girlfriend gets really jealous and she's like oh I bet she's ugly slag and they're like and then she's like what she look like then and then they might show a picture on facebook and she's like oh she's you know she looks like a rat like i don't yeah. think that's healthy i don't think like what's the point in hating on a woman just because they're with the person that you loved before like we've, we've all been somewhere but yeah. we're, not, we're, not, we're not like you know spinsters <laughs> we've, we've been no, around exactly. the block a little bit but so like yeah, I want you as well to be able to open up to me and talk to me without feeling like I was just going to be like, oh, but what do you write her out of 10? Just a one. <laughs> was she a crap kisser? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You've muted yourself, babe. <laughs> Welcome back. Off. Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> but you, you, yeah, sorry. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. No, because you were you were so good with me. Like when when I told you everything about my ex, I mean, obviously you you, you did express to me that it was making you so angry, and there was a part of it you that obviously wanted to drive up there. But Openly yeah, but now I still tell you, it still makes me angry. I appreciated it that you just allowed me to speak and tell you everything with, with, without you just being like just one of those like lads that throw their weight around. Like I've, I've heard enough. I'm going to go up there and beat him up. Like I didn't need that. I no. needed somebody to like comfort me. Yeah, um, it still it does still make me angry, uh, and what you went through shouldn't you shouldn't have had to have gone through that, and but what would me going up there, you know, let's put it this way, having a word with him, and what would that have achieved? It would have it would have just. Nothing. It would have achieved nothing. Nothing. And 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 I, I did I didn't need you to to put a foot into my past. I no. I wanted to move forward. I needed to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think, in all honesty, as well, if you'd if I say I'd had done something about it and driven all that way and done whatever, you'd have looked at me and gone, obviously turns to violence. You know, when does the day perhaps. come that? Yeah, perhaps that you know perhaps. that that he doesn't say he doesn't get this anger with me one day or turn on me one day. You know, so no, just it, it wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. As much as it does, still make me angry. It's like you said, leave the past in the past. That's, yeah. that's where it belongs. It's, We've it's got nev- our life now, not your life back then. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's never nice to hear about when somebody you love has, has been hurt in the past. But it's, if anything, you can take comfort from the fact that they don't they don't live there now. You know, they're with you, and you're going to give them a different future because of how you feel about each other. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just, sorry, babe, go on. No, go on. I was just saying, I I just hope if somebody's listening to this and they're in that really weird, awkward transitional phase of walking out of that horrible relationship and going into a new one, I, you know, I hope they, they aren't put off and, and they're, they're ready for the fact that it could be a bit nitty gritty at times, you know, and, and a bit difficult. You're not just going to walk off into the sunset. Not if you've gone through some difficult stuff, it takes a while. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hope listen to this, maybe somebody out there feels a little bit more prepared, you know, or, or if they have already gone through it themselves and perhaps they just found it relatable, you know, because I think, like, as women or men who have been a victim of abuse, I think you're just expected to go into a new relationship and just continue, you know, being the perfect girlfriend, perfect partner, you know, like, if, if, for instance, you know, somebody in your family had found out that I was just so angry and I was asking you to hit me all the time in the first days, they might tell you to run a mile from me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so people put, have to feel like they have to put on this fake image that they're, you know, loving and happy and they've got no issues. But that's not real life. A lot of us are working through baggage and it can be raw and ugly at times, but that's at least it's honest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would have so much... I'm so pleased we did go through the the hard parts in the beginning of, of, you know, just trying to work through that sort of stuff because I think it did lead us to where we were. If, if If I was to bottle something up or you were, it just wouldn't work. No. That's that's Brady growling, guys, not Ryan, if you heard that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also, I think by not just walking away uh, and uh, and sticking with you but you also stick with me because you at any point you could have said this isn't for me you know I, i'm not ready but you didn't and you kind of gave it a chance um and we we start by each other and we we work for each other's issues as well um but it was a case that i think that just proved to each other that we let, were there for the long haul as well. And, mm. You know, it proved to me that I could trust you. Um, and, you know, I think I think you quickly realised you could trust me. Um, but obviously you're still fighting these demons from the past that, you know, pushed you the other way as well. Yeah. I mean, you're right with what you just said about, you know, 
I could have left you sort of thing because there were times also very early where I was very much pulling away from you and that's mm. because I, I was at a, a place where I couldn't handle when, like any more drama at all because I've just yeah. gone through so much I needed like this clear headspace for my mental health so if I thought there was any drama coming from you or a family or a friend or, or if I thought you still loved your ex like I would have run a mile <laughs> you know yeah but in the in the same breath it's it's good to still like sometimes take that leap of faith you know don't don't just shut yourself away and assume that everybody is going to be such a a negative impact you know of course there's dramas everywhere in life it happens but you know those dramas are worth it when you do actually find someone you love anyway you know yeah 100 no, percent, absolutely guys i think we're gonna wrap it up here today i want to keep this one a little bit shorter because my last two have been so long people probably think i'm reading out war and fucking peace or something i don't know but <laughs> the fact is i wanted to, i wanted to just tell this story and and hopefully it be relatable to somebody out there uh, we will of course be resuming normal practice and having some more upbeat stories some giggles we might do some more conspiracies but i just think every now and again it's just good to talk about something a little bit more real and raw and honest, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And it gives an insight into you uh, more than anything. And I, I think that's, yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Well, I really appreciate you helping me tell the story. I don't feel I, I would have done it quite so easily if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate thank that. you. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I've um, got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, I've got some pods with Joey James and Harley. I've got a pod with Freddie Bentley. Um, I've got a pod with Council State Mum. I've got it all going on. So Council State Mum, Council State Queen, Council State Mum is somebody else. <laughs> but I've got lots of exciting things coming up. So hopefully, I'll see you on the next podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.